and welcome to the Annie Monday Podcast. My name is Colin Hemphill. And I'm Kayla Hemphill. On our show, we roll the virtual dice each week and must watch a randomly selected anime title. Thank you for joining us. Last week, we hit the random button on Crunchyroll, and our burden to bear is Kono Eizora Niyakusokuwa. Sorry for butchering that. <laughs> the full title of this show translates to The Promise I Made Over This Blue Sky. Welcome to the Sugumi Dorm. This was originally an adult visual novel in 2006. Yay, good start. <laughs> and it was ported to various PlayStation platforms like PS2 and uh, the Vita in 2007, 2009, and 2015, all of those with the adult content removed. It was then adapted into an anime series in 2007. We'll be discussing the first four episodes in depth and try to avoid major spoilers. Not that there are any. <laughs> yeah, there's not a whole lot going on here. South Sakayama Island was a prosperous oasis in the Pacific Ocean until the Timizugawa Heavy Industries Aviation Branch closed, leaving the families involved with the company no reason to remain on the island. Utaru and the ladies of Zugimi Dorms know this all too well, as four of the girls will be leaving the island within the next year. We join this group as they reminisce over their first meetings and as they prepare to say goodbye before the demolition of the dorm. So we watched four episodes of this show. Mm -hmm. Can you describe a little bit about the way that the episodes are structured? Yeah, so this was a little bit different than some of the other shows that we've watched so far in that each episode covered an individual person, but they were paired. So episode one and two covered the story of Rena, and then episode three and four uh, covered Mahayo as a character focus. Yeah. And then I believe there's 12 episodes, so there should be six character right. stories going on. So that seems to be kind of a leftover from the original format of this, which would have been sort of a visual novel kind mm -hmm. of thing. I'm not sure that that really translates well. It was kind of jarring to mm -hmm. have these little segments where they focus on one character for two episodes. And mm -hmm. we didn't really get, even though there was two episodes fully devoted to one character, mm -hmm. we didn't really get to know the characters at all. No, because they don't go into the characters past their individual stories. So whenever a character is being showcased in their pair of episodes, all the other characters are kind of pushed off to the side and they're just background characters. So you don't really get to see their personalities come through unless they're being showcased. What do you think about the overall story? We we kind of talked about this outside of the podcast and mm -hmm. we actually know someone who's kind of in a similar situation to this or has been in the past. Yeah, we have uh, a couple of friends of ours who grew up on an island in the Pacific Ocean, uh, that it's a government contract. Um, and that's the reason why there's so many Americans on the island. And we actually asked our friend if this would happen, if the government contracted ended, would everybody just leave? And both of them said yes, that there would be no reason for any of the Americans to stay on the island if they didn't have work. Yeah. In this case, it's more that there was already a population on the island, but mm -hmm. it wasn't terribly full. Mm -hmm. And then this big aerospace industry company came along and mm -hmm. suddenly there was all this work there and tons of tourism and, and people who lived on the island consistently. Yeah, they actually go into that in one of the episodes because one of the characters, um, her grandfather is actually 
I guess, the owner of that company. And he was the reason why that branch was brought to the island because he fell in love on the island and also fell in love with the island. So he brought the branch there. And I guess since his passing, they decided to close the branch. They didn't really say why they were closing it, just that they were closing it and everybody was going to be leaving. In terms of overall kind of story and character stuff and the pacing of the show in general, it was a slog. (laughs) It was. This Um, was so hard to get through. Uh, Like I was talking about how we've had pretty bad luck so far (laughs) with the roles, but even the shows we've seen that are just absolute trash, (laughs) this was just miserable to watch. It was so unfun. Yeah. A lot of it had to do with at least the other stories had stories. And I think part of what's frustrating maybe for you um, and for me was that this is purely character driven. There's not really a plot. It's just like, hey, let's teach you about these characters and see their relationships. The problem ends up being that the characters are not well developed. If they were more well developed, they'd be more interesting to follow. But since they're not interesting, the whole thing feels like a drag. Not only are they boring and uninteresting, I I thought they were so petty and so frustrating. (laughs) That's just just, high schoolers, sweetie. Well, maybe. But (laughs) I mean, I've seen a lot of anime that deal with high schoolers. Mm -hmm. These characters were unbelievably unbearable and just (laughs) difficult to watch and listen to. Sure. Yeah, the main character, um, Mutaru, He's kind of a jerk. Super rude all the time. Our first encounter with him is um, when Rena comes to the island as a transfer, or she comes to the high school on the island as a transfer student, and she's going to move into the dorm with Wataru and the other girls, and she doesn't really want to make friends with anyone because she knows she's going to be moving and they're all going to be moving. So she says, like, there's no point in being friends with you guys. And Wataru is just like, that's unacceptable and you have to be our friend and I'm going to do whatever it takes and make you feel really uncomfortable. And as a kid that moved around a lot, I totally get her mentality of like, I don't know how long I'm going to be here and I don't want to get super close only to be heartbroken, you know, in a, in a couple years or right. or in this case, even less. Yeah. Like she knows when she's leaving. No, she had totally reasonable reservations about joining their friend group. Mm -hmm. But the entire episode, two episodes, Mm -hmm. was devoted to them harassing her until she decided she was going to be their friend. Mostly Wataru. Primarily. Yeah, it seemed like the other ladies were, they would get upset. One of them was particularly very sad about it. Yeah, her name is Umi, and she like broke down crying for no reason. She seemed very emotional from what little information we got on her. Yeah, for the most part, um, Sawaki was just minding her own business and trying to be a normal student. Mm -hmm. And every other character in the show insisted that she had to be their best friend from day one and refused to just let her be her own thing. Which is weird because they didn't even really try to get to know her. Um. Their first encounter is, hey, we're going to throw you this really big party and you have to come. 
and she wasn't interested and they get really upset and they have this whole big like dialogue thing about it and my perspective was you haven't even tried to get to know her like you haven't asked her about her interests or why she suddenly transferred to a school that a lot of people are moving away from yep and then after her two episodes she's just a background character and we don't we don't hear anything more from her yeah, that's, from what I can see, one of the biggest problems with the format of the show is that you get this huge emphasis on a character mm-hmm. trying to, I don't know, connect with them in some way, and then they completely disappear. Yeah, I, I think because of the original formatting, you know, with the idea of different routes that you would take yeah. to engage with each character is, in an anime, it doesn't translate because... In those visual novels, in those games, it ends up being a focus on one character that you're doing their route and nobody else really matters. But in an anime, you can't have an ensemble cast without the ensemble. Right. They're just sort of background noise. Uh, So I think we we kind of had the idea of making this a beginner-friendly podcast Mm -hmm. in terms of anime. So Mm -hmm. uh, if you are not aware of visual novels, it's essentially would have been played on a computer and... It is technically a game, but for the most part, it's like reading a comic book. Mm-hmm. You will flip through different scenes, reading text, and sometimes making a decision on what your character would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's art and music in the background to kind of provide the scenes. Yeah. So for the most part, it's just reading. Yeah, it's like an interactive... Fiction sort of thing. Yeah. Yep. And they can be a lot of fun. They can be really enjoyable. Yeah, there's really good ones. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this one was a good one. Well, <laughs> it just didn't translate well to I anime. I think we'll talk about that later. But. <laughs> uh, so, how about the second girl, uh, the episode three and four, um, Miyaho? Yeah, her uh, personality is described as being klutzy, but it seems like there was one point that the main character, Wutaru, is trying to get her attention by throwing rocks at her window, and she opens the window. And he has thrown a rock and it hits her in the face. And then he calls her a klutz. Yeah. As though it's her fault that he threw a rock that hit her in the face. Yep. And you don't really see a whole lot of klutziness from her. In fact, I was thinking about how she's a character that always counts. Um, There's this long, uh, it's like 308 steps. They keep talking about how many steps there are um, up to their dormitory from like, the main part of the island. I guess so, yeah. And um, this character always counts how many steps, even though she knows. She counts every time she goes up the steps. And during one of the opening sequences, they're all congregate, all the characters are on the steps. And um, one of the other characters is the one that trips and falls all the way down the stairs. Yeah. It's not her. We see her do like two klutzy things. Maybe. Yeah, so the background on this girl is that because she is uh, sort of the successor to the heavy industries uh, guy, which was her grandfather, mm-hmm. who basically established the school that they go to and a lot of that. Uh, She's supposed to be like the caretaker of the dorms. And one of the things that they use to indicate that she was klutzy is she was trying to fix a rooftop, uh, a tile on a rooftop, and just couldn't hammer a nail in. And that's yep. pretty much it. Yeah, but it seems like she shouldn't know how to do that. She's just a high schooler who, uh, a pretty wealthy high schooler at that, because we do see that she has like a butler that drives her around 
And she actually has a house on the island, like a big house. Which we couldn't figure out because the whole point of this show is that all of them live in this dorm together. Mm-hmm. So why why is she there? Why do they have that house if they were so invested in the dorm? Yeah, we're not sure. But yeah, she she doesn't seem to have any reason why she should be the caretaker other than that her grandfather was the caretaker and that's what they used to say that she's klutzy. Since we didn't really get introduced to any of the other characters, there is one other character that I do want to talk about, <laughs> which is their homeroom teacher. Mm-hmm. I think her name is Sayeri. Yeah, I think that's right. She is an insufferable child. <laughs> I Colin, hate her. Colin I hate Rip. her so much. He really did not. He was complaining like every time she showed up. She has a very weird relationship with the students that I couldn't figure out and Again, maybe that's explained in the visual novel or in later episodes, but mm-hmm. she just seemed to kind of tag along with them and do whatever they did. She lives in the dorm with them. She she does, and she is the most immature, horrible of all of them, from what I can tell. Yeah, at one point um, during when they're doing the the dinner, the welcome dinner for Arena. Um, they are waiting for Rena to show up and she's not because she didn't want to go. And the teacher suddenly starts throwing a literal temper tantrum. She's like on her back and she's crying and she's flailing her arms. Throwing her arms and pounding the floor. Yeah, she's kicking her legs and just complaining about how she wants to eat. And she's their teacher. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. I just, I couldn't stand it. It was unbelievable. Her voice actor, too, uses this really high-pitched, nasally voice, um, which seems like a weird, I mean, like we said, maybe they explain more of her behavior in her set of episodes, but it seemed weird that the kids or the teenagers in the show would have more mature-sounding voices than their teacher. Yep. And none of the other teachers seemed to have this sort of behavior. It's not like a common theme with adults or anything like that. This kind of points to my overall feelings about the show, which is that it's the most melodramatic thing I've ever seen in a really just terrible, awful, slow, (laughs) menacing, disgusting (laughs) sort of way. I just, I don't get it. I think part of me, as I was kind of reflecting back on the show, a lot of it does seem, this is a lot how teenagers are sometimes. Maybe. Sometimes. I mean, I, I work a lot with teenagers and sometimes that happens. Like, things seem like a much bigger deal in the moment um, than they are to some of us who, like, grow up and have a wider perspective of, you know, how life is going to go. So to them, the fact that their dorm was going to be torn down and that they weren't all going to be living with each other in a year's time was like the end of the world to all of them. And everything stemming from that was very dramatic because of it. And that seemed kind of normal. I mean, I kind of think of when you're about to leave high school and everybody's like signing yearbooks and saying like, oh, we're going to stay friends forever. And that doesn't always happen. But we all think that it's going to. So some of it is kind of just teenage, teenager antics. The question is, though, who wants to watch this? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure who the visual novel was for originally. Was it supposed to be for teenagers or was it I would, for I adults? I would assume so. Hmm. Who knows? I think also any attempt at quote unquote comedy that they tried to include in the show really, really fell flat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... 
because it's supposed to just be this literal slice of their life um, kind of show is that they don't do anything over the top. So the comedy is supposed to come from the dialogue, essentially. And the dialogue isn't very well written. It's laughable at best. And sometimes even we commented there were errors with the translation. And so that made it hard to understand some of the jokes or even just some of the regular dialogue because there were... What are you talking about? Yeah, there were some errors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This doesn't appear to be a very popular show or even a visual novel. Mm -hmm. I would guess they put their B team on translation and and everything. Also animation. Well, we'll get to that. (laughs) We also noted that There is narration through almost the entire show. Yes. There is not a single second of silence. Mm -mm. Everything is punctuated by the main character narrating over over things. Yeah, there was so much narration that that kills me in any show. It's it's okay if it's every so often, like maybe you know if it's in a flash forward episode or something like that. I I can I can appreciate. A little bit of narration, but man, instead of just showing us something or explaining it through like interesting dialogue, they just lay it out for you in narration while some music is playing and they're showing scenes of the island. Yep. Sometimes even in the middle of dialogue, they'd have narration. Yep. (laughs) That was hard. It really is. Especially because the narrator is the main guy's voice. So sometimes he'd be talking with somebody and then he'd be narrating right after. So it became confusing between, wait, are you talking or are you narrating? And you just had to stare at his mouth and just see if the <laughs> if they drew mouth movements. Yep. So I have come up with the formula for creating an episode of this show. Are you ready? <laughs> yes, I am totally ready. Go for it. Remembering that each character has two episodes. So mm-hmm. part one and part two mm-hmm. of each arc. Part one. The first half, they introduce the character and try to show some sort of backstory to say who they are and what they do. Mm -hmm. The second half of that episode, there's some sort of conflict, usually something stupid. Okay. Part two, Wataru is incredibly rude and manipulative to the (laughs) character and everyone gets pissed at him. Yep. And then finally, the second half of part two, Wataru shouts really pointless nonsense at them for 12 minutes. And suddenly they have a complete change of heart and come running back to the group. Yeah, that's that's exactly what happened in every episode. Every two-part. Yeah, this, this has only happened, this whole sequence has only happened twice to us, but I can't imagine it being any different for the rest of the episodes. Well, and that's kind of how a visual novel sometimes can be when you're playing out the different routes, is they can be very similar up to a certain point and when they start to deviate. And it seems like because they translated this to an anime... There's not really a point of deviation because we know how this is going to end. It's the dorm is going to be demolished and everybody's going to move. Or does it? What if the route is uh, the The happy ending? Wataru takes over the industry and keeps it running (laughs) and everyone stays and loves him forever. Yeah, I doubt it. I mean, I've I've seen quite a few anime that were based on visual novels and Mm -hmm. What they all did that this show does not do is that they picked a route and they stuck with it. Yeah, so that you would feel like this is how it was always it's supposed to be. It's a complete story, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes they even have 
multiple versions of the same anime that follow different paths. Yeah, so it would be like um, series one of this thing would be like, we're going to follow the happy route. And then uh, series two would be like, same characters, different route. Here we go. Yeah, that would make sense. It seems like they kind of just picked the first half of the route yep. where he doesn't get an ending with anybody. Mm-hmm. And so you're just kind of in the boring, frustrating conflict part right? with no resolution. Which I think for me was part of the frustrating part is he sort of becomes friends with whoever the girl is. But that's that's how it ends. Each episode, it, the second part of the pairing ends with like, hey, we're kind of OK with each other now. And then it moves on to a different character. Yeah. And then the rest of the episodes where it focuses on a different character, it's just kind of assumed that that background character is now permanent friend. Yeah. Even though they haven't gotten to most of those characters yet. They're mm-hmm. just kind of treated like the friends group. Yeah. When uh, So it started with the transfer girl. And then as soon as we switched characters, she was just in the background, totally fine and like acted like she had been there the whole time. Which I guess they did her first because it wouldn't make any sense otherwise. Yeah, she had to be first. So earlier you alluded to the animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you getting at something in particular? Uh, it's not It's not great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. At one point they had this scene where they're like outside and everybody has incredibly shiny hair. Yes. Like mirrored shiny hair hair and they don't stick with their proportions very well in the faces so one thing that i had noted a lot to colin was several of the girls have which can be common in anime they have really really big eyes and then really big mouths so think like two-thirds of their face are their eyes and one-third of their face is their mouth but with the main character wataru his proportions kept changing so his eye size kept changing depending on how you know involved or emotional he was and it seemed it seemed more out of place or not on purpose than like uh like how they're supposed to yeah it's clear that they took shortcuts wherever they possibly could Mm -hmm. if you were to stare at a still of any single keyframe in the show you would realize that it just doesn't look right at all Mm -mm. Uh, the faces the backgrounds everything looks cheap and mm-hmm. poorly drawn yeah at one point we noted in order for there to be a lot of movement and kind of distract you from the quality of the animation they frequently have some sort of wind blowing with cherry blossoms mm-hmm. that happened a lot in the first episodes they constantly had cherry blossoms like blowing in the wind so that you would kind of be distracted from The quality of the animation. And it's clearly just like an animation pasted on top of the scene. It's not even drawn into the scene. Mm -hmm. Uh, During a, I don't know if you noticed this, during the part two of the first characters, um, there's a part where they're running a marathon together and they stop in the middle of their marathon to have a discussion. Mm -hmm. And the wind's blowing and they copy and pasted the wind sequence. Yep. Like two or three times. So the wind would blow and then it would stop. So their hair would stop billowing. Their clothes would stop billowing. And then it'd start again like a second later and they'd still be talking. Yeah. So it it, and it got to the point where it was really noticeable. It wasn't like, oh, well, you know, that's, you know, that's naturally how the wind is, is that it would stop. It was too rhythmic 
And because of that, you could tell that it was just copy and pasted. Yeah, they reuse stuff all the time. And they also rely on ultra close shots all the time. Yes. So they just fill the entire frame with someone's face so that they don't have to draw a background mm-hmm. or any kind of activity or mm-hmm. motion or anything. Yeah, I noticed that is there are very few sequences where you see more than like their shoulders up. Uh, the character designs themselves, too, are just kind of cut rate visual novel, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, there are, I guess, six girls in total, plus yes. the main character. Yes. And they just fill all the basic tropes of their style. Mm-hmm. So there's the big blonde dummy with pink bows. Mm-hmm. There's the normal looking short brown haired girl uh, with brown eyes. Mm-hmm. There's the long brown haired girl. Mm-hmm. There's the short purple haired Kudere. <laughs> there's the long black haired smart girl. Mm-hmm. And there's the ultra long white haired girl with an English heritage who's a klutz. That is very specific. <laughs> I feel like it shows up more than you would expect. (laughs) No, no. It's just funny that that last one was so ultra specific. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's one of the characters we actually met. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. um, Which, again, for a visual novel, this would make sense. It would fit in the style that a lot of visual novels are in. It would be sort of expected. Um, but in an anime, man, you you got to develop those characters more either. Well, both visually and through like through their actions and through their dialogue. And everybody was just kind of one note. And that included the animation is that some of the girls were actually kind of hard to tell apart because they look so similar. Yeah, agreed. Uh, speaking of visual novel, something that's common in these games is that the soundtrack is a very simple looping sequence of of music mm-hmm. uh, it, it sounds like old mini music basically from the <laughs> 90s yeah yeah and you will literally hear those songs on loop until you complete a scene yeah and it seems like they basically cut and pasted right out of the visual novel for the anime which makes sense i guess if they already had it why make new music which might work if you're sitting there reading some dialogue but when they're supposed to be this whole scene that plays out in Mm -hmm. linear time, Mm -hmm. that doesn't work at all. It's really, really boring. Yeah, so usually with visual novels, the speed of the music, it doesn't really change. It doesn't wax or wane because they don't know how quickly you're reading. So there's no dynamic music in visual novels. In an anime, you need that. You need it to feel what the characters are feeling or what they're experiencing And in the show, like Colin was saying, the music doesn't do much of anything. It's just very one note, very even, very boring. And sort of related to that, we noted how bad the sound effects are as well. Oh, my gosh. They're very, very cliche and obnoxious. Yeah, way over the top for what's happening in the show. The first big argument that they have in episode two, Mm -hmm. where they're trying to convince uh, Sawaki to come to dinner, which is a ridiculous statement Mm -hmm. that there's such an argument over that. But he goes into this big monologue trying to convince her to do this. And he kind of points at her accusingly. And then it drops that kind of cliche sword baseball sort of anime sound. Mm hmm. And I'm actually going to drop that right here so you can hear what I'm talking about. (laughs) That thing. (laughs) And 
it was so out of place and so unnecessary. And this kind of thing happened all the time in the show. Yeah, it was it was like it was trying to make things more dramatic when everything else was standing very still. So when the music's standing still, the dialogue is meh at best. And then all of a sudden you have this very intense sound effect. It's very jarring. Yeah. In the West, we tend to make fun of English dubs a lot, Mm -hmm. obviously. Mm -hmm. But we rarely think about how the original Japanese can be really terrible as well. Yeah. The voice acting to my ear at least, not knowing Japanese, Mm -hmm. sounded really, really off. Yeah. No, it didn't really seem to match what was, like, who the characters were. And then sometimes they were just outright obnoxious. Yeah. Like you said, with the teacher. Especially the teacher. Yeah, she had a very obnoxious voice. Overall, uh, do you have any general likes and dislikes and final thoughts? One thing that we haven't talked about yet, um, we talked a, a little bit about the pacing of the show. Uh, There was one episode uh, that I actually got lost because I could not tell that they came back from a flashback. So the first, I don't know, like half of one of the episodes, they did a flashback where um, Wutaru meets one of the girls. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly it transitions to present day and talking about how she's doing this school project. And I totally missed that they came back to present day. And you and I had to talk about it and then figure it out with the next episode that it was a present day thing. Yeah. Because the transfer student girl was present. And we're like, oh, then it must be present day if she's here. And that felt awful that I could not tell that we came back from a flashback. Yeah, for sure. We've talked a little bit about the pitfalls of this coming from the visual novel background that it does. Mm -hmm. But something that we haven't really talked about is the fact that it was originally an adult visual novel. Oh, yes. We have not discussed this. So not knowing much about this, um, my assumption is that the whole background for the story is that there's this one guy who lives in this dorm and six women. Mm -hmm. And your goal in the game is to sleep with... One of them? All of them? I don't (laughs) know. So that doesn't lend itself well either to Mm -hmm. the way the show plays out. Which it sort of felt like that in the first episode because the opening sequence is him in his room with a half-naked girl. It's the transfer student girl, and she's just in her undergarments on the floor, passed out. Yeah, and they kind of address that later. Apparently, he, like, got drunk and they went home together, but they don't really say what happened or why. Which they didn't really explain why, because she wasn't drunk. No. They don't really explain why she would then have her clothes off. Who knows? Didn't make any sense. No. No, and, and so that's part of, I think, why the characters ended up being so bland was because, honestly, they were supposed to be for more tantalizing things uh, that they were really designed to be more sexual in nature. Yeah. And because they ripped that part out, they didn't fill it in with personality. So it's just these very bland characters that have no personality and no sex appeal. So there's nothing going on. <laughs> yep. I mean, we've, we've had many shows that have been very sexualized and at least, you know, there was some personality. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, 
I feel like if you're going to have one or the other, like, you, you got to do it all the way. Either you got to make them, like, be appealing in that sort of sexual way or or give them personalities. <laughs> you can't take out both. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was a boring one. <laughs> so would you watch more of this? Um, not a chance. <laughs> yeah, I, man... I I like the idea of like a character driven story. Yeah. Um that's why Slice of Life usually doesn't bother me so much because I love listening to people's stories. I think people are really fascinating. It's just what I love to do. But you got to have some interesting people. Yeah. <laughs> and they 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 weren't interesting in any way. No. So no, I I probably wouldn't watch this either unless they totally redid it and gave them personality. <laughs> I don't see that happening. No, no. So this is a no for me, too. No, it overall does not seem like this is a well-received show. Mm -hmm. And I can't really find much about the original novel either. So Yeah, that was something when we were trying to do research for the show. It was really hard to even find like a synopsis of an episode because nothing was written about this show at all. Probably because it's so hard to say. (laughs) Well, that too. (laughs) Uh, Follow-up from previous weeks, it is worth noting that Kayla has completed Magical Girl Ore. Yeah, it was awesome, y'all. It was the best. (laughs) So uh, that's one thumbs up and uh, (laughs) many more thumbs down so far. (laughs) Uh, Hopefully we'll have some better luck this week, though. Yeah. Come on, Magical Roll. If you want to learn more, you can visit our website at anamonday.moe. That's anamonday.moe. And you can send us questions and comments to podcast at anamonday.moe. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Our username is anamondaycast, and you'll have links for that on our website. Thank you to Crunchyroll for the nearly infinite repository of anime that you've provided and for the random button which produces these wonderful and wonderfully terrible things. You can follow along each week. We'll have a link to the current title on our website and social media. Some titles might require a premium subscription on Crunchyroll. You can also subscribe to Verve at vrv.co which gives you access to Crunchyroll, Funimation, and lots of other great video services. They actually just added a whole bunch of old Nick shows. Yeah, it's been awesome. We've been watching it. So like Doug and Mm -hmm. Legends of the Hidden Temple. Which is still great. Well, it's terrible. but (laughs) Yeah, but that's what makes it great. Uh, So go check those out as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you also to C2A for providing the intro and outro music of our program. You can find those on the Senpai EPs on his Bandcamp and other major streaming services like Spotify. I'll have links in the show notes and on our website if you want to check him out. All right. Are you ready to roll? I am. Ran the button in three, two, one. The series for this week is Love Tyrant. (laughs) Uh, And the first episode is called I'm Getting In On This Too. Whoa, Forbidden Love? (laughs) (laughs) Have you heard of this one? No, I have not. (laughs) It looks fun. We'll see. All right. I think that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you for joining us. We uh, had a good time. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. The show wasn't, but recording was. (laughs) Always, always. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.